you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I am your host, Barbara Sabin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. I am a certified clinical and medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master and teacher, energy healing specialist, life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Energy Healing, and my latest book, identifying the energy drainers in your life. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and this is truly my purpose and my passion in life. And I always mention to them, isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use that mind for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires. Because one day, the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And boy, speaking about shining, I'm going to bring on my guest right now. And she is truly a shining star. How are you, Heather, today? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. It's so great to see you even in the digital space because your energy is always so infectious. So just even coming through the the computer screen, um, it's so nice to see you. Oh, thank you. Well, same here. I mean, it's nice when we see each other in person, you know, but yeah, Zoom is good too. Yeah. (laughs) So Heather, let me uh, tell my listeners about you. Uh, Sinners Plus Sins is led by managing director and executive producer, Heather Heller. And uh, she's the producer of some of the most dazzling and awarded music videos and commercials for the past two decades and acknowledged by Rolling Stones as the only person to produce two of the decade's most popular music videos, Lady Gaga's Bad Romance and Lana Del Rey's Ride. Heather has mastered the language of fashion, luxury, and beauty, along with the mechanisms required to bring that vocabulary to life. And in addition to producing cutting-edge commercials for tech giants, Heather was the producer of Apple's global launch for the iWatch in 2014. And she has also worked with artists like Jennifer Lopez, Britney Spears, and directors Francis Lawrence and Brothers Strauss. And Heather has also produced for Academy Award-winning filmmakers and directors of large feature franchises, such as The Hunger Games, and Spider-Man. Whew, welcome. How are you? Wow. Oh, I know I you've done so much more. <laughs> I needed an hour just to do your yeah. bio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Boy, yeah, you've been, uh, you've accomplished so much in, in, 
in these past few years? Yeah, I mean, I it has been quite a journey. I'm, I'm a producer now for 30 years. So I started as a very young woman in the business and I didn't really have a plan. I just really stumbled into the entertainment business um, because I knew how to type. So that was helpful in the 90s because people still use typewriters. And uh, that really gave me my entree into the business. But um, having said that, you know, at year 30, I do feel the enormity of everything that I've kind of seen throughout the years. And I'm I'm happy. I'm in a good place because I feel like, you know, people do value my opinion. They do value my experience level. And more than just from a place of business, you know, it's from a place of just knowing the world better and having seen so many different places in the world from Tokyo to Hong Kong to Buenos Aires, you know, I've probably produced in almost every country and every continent. So it's really given me a big global view of how we function and relate to each other, um, which has been amazing. Switching up uh, reservations. Yeah, I'm trying to do it right now. You know? Oh, probably because somebody is trying to book one of their right Oh, I mean, yeah. I'll book it. Yeah. Okay, okay thanks. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Listen, when you're busy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. You you've done these major artists and stuff. So of course you gotta have people coming in, yeah. you know, yeah. looking for you. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> so, you know, I, I know you have children. Yes, I so do. How has it been, you know, producing and directing all these major, you know, videos and stuff uh with having children? Um, you know, th this is one th reason why I did want to come on your podcast today is, you know, throughout this various stages of my life and career um, and having children, everything, you know, has evolved so differently. So, you know, when I had young kids at home, I was always rushing and going and doing and driving. And, you know, the majority of my children's life has been spent listening to me on a conference call in the car and me, you know, swatting them in the backseat to be quiet so they always kind of grew up with that as their education and and they you know felt that was normal. So I've traveled extensively. They've had, you know, nannies that were great and helped out and obviously I was married, so my ex-husband was a tremendous help during that time. Um but I always felt like I was not doing everything I needed to do the best that I could possibly do it. So, you know, I'm not functioning as highly as I can at work and I'm not functioning as highly as I can at home. And now as I look back, you know, my children are adults. I realize that those are just things that we put on ourselves. They're not reality. You know, you're doing the best at that possible moment and nothing in my work ever suffered and nothing in my children's lives truthfully ever suffered. So, you know, I think as women, working women, especially, we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform at such an incredible, you know, knife edge and we don't cut ourselves enough slack. So now, you know, I'm virtually an empty nester and I don't perform any better. I'm not a 10,000 times better producer, you know, even though I have all the time in the world to do it. So, you know, I, I really felt like the core focus of my words today would be timing in life and really looking at where you are with that timing and saying, I'm okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing everything that needs to be done. And, you know, as females, that are driven, that want everything, you know, that's what we've been told the last 20 years that we have to want everything and do everything. You know, I think we are just incredibly critical of ourselves. 
So um, I'm grateful that I have had three children, you know, while working. And it provided me a balance where I didn't shove my whole entire self into a business and had the opportunity to have those loving relationships and really um, have another focus outside of, of my business. Your business. I know when um, I too, you know, I have uh, two grown children and eight grandchildren. And, and the thing is, when I look back, I was a regional sales director for general nutrition centers and and supervised hundreds of employees and stores and and yeah I was very driven uh but again I made sure when I came home um the the the, my kids got what what they really needed and you know and I too traveled every now and then uh but um I I needed for myself to find the value in myself you know and to show the chill my kids you know, whether you're married or single, whatever it is, you, you need to do what what it is that you find in your heart that you want to do, you know, um, and and it was it was challenging, I have to say, you know, for the 15 years that I did do that um, and then stepped away and got into the my what I was supposed to be doing, which is the healing. But um, yeah, it, it's challenging for us because we're, we're like super moms. Trying to, you know balance everything and sometimes it gets uh a little out of control yeah and you know during those really really incredible periods of my life where I would be you know in a different country on the side of a mountain trying to talk to the kindergarten teacher um I was always feeling you know in really frustrated and really you know worried and anxious and stressed and it's like that's part of I think the journey as a mother is you don't realize that all of that is going to come to an end so to speak and that you need to transition your relationships into a different place because as my children moved out as they graduated as they became drivers you know that left a big vacuum for me of not only time but emotional energy and from someone that's coming from a place of like filling up this space so there's no space left to all of a sudden having enormous amounts of space and enormous amounts of alone time, you know, that is almost like, you know, the bottom drops out on you and nobody prepares you for that as a mother, just like nobody prepares you of how hard it's going to be to have a baby. No one prepares you for how hard it's going to be to raise kids. No one prepares you for that ledge that all of a sudden just drops off and you're not needed in the same ways anymore. And, you know, really struggled to find my value for my children outside of the physical value. You know, they need you physically to drive them, make their bed, you know, make their food, whatnot. But how do you transition your value as a mother to adulthood? And Mm -hmm. they need you for different things. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I went through a period of mourning, especially, you know, in the last year, because my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter became a driver. She's independent. We are, we have been tremendously close as best friends and partners in life for, you know, for many years and just not having her in my physical space all the time created such an enormous vacuum. So I've really been working with my kids to build our bonds to where I can help them 
in other ways, you know, my son's a musical artist. Um, I'm not his manager, but I negotiate all his contracts. I deal with his management. I deal with his record company. I guide him with the visuals. I help him with the photography. Um, I do his music videos. So not because I think I'm best suited to do it, but it's a way for us to connect. And it has really blossomed into a beautiful relationship on that end. And, you know, he has a girlfriend that lives out of the country and she's a model, very successful, you know, helping her to get into the U.S. and do her visa and showing her how to take care of that, hopefully guide her into, you know, getting her modeling career going here. So all of those things have helped me to feel valued and validated in a different time in my life, whereas I was really worried about the amount of hours spent away from my children physically. Yeah, I know that feeling, you know, and it, a lot of my clients that I see now, you know, they're, they're in their 40s and 40s and 50s. And a lot of them all of a sudden, uh, like, you, you know, they, like yourself, the, the kids are driving, they're mm -hmm. not needed and they, they didn't work. They, they did, they stood, they was, you know, stay home moms, mm -hmm. which itself is a big job. Um, now they, they find themselves lost and they, yeah, they, tremendously they have a self-worth. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing I, you know, I always worked. So I was always thinking like, oh gosh, you know, I'm missing out. I'm the mom that can't be at the PTA meeting. I'm the mom that's showing up late, you know, I've done, you know, such an enormous disservice to my family by being a working mother. And later in life, I've realized that, you know, there's room for all moms. So there, no mom is a bad mom. You know, we're all great people. But mm -hmm. having been a businesswoman has really shaped their view of the world. You know, my middle daughter, she's going to law school and she's going to graduate, you know, college at 20. She's an, an incredibly driven woman, young woman and incredibly accomplished. And she saw my business and she said, you know what? I don't want to do that. I want to go to law school because I don't want to be, you know, working all these crazy hours, but she still has the work ethic that was, I think, instilled in her. And, you know, all of my kids will credit me with the tremendous amount of work ethic. And uh, they may be a little bit rougher around the edges than some children in a sense that they're capable of kind of tackling the world a little earlier than other children may be but to their credit they've used that in a positive way you know they're not drinking they're not drugs they're not any of these kind of things so they've really taken that that worldly view and being thrust into a little bit more of an adult capacity at a younger age and used it to their benefit mm -hmm. so um all of these worries that we have as parents you know, we are fraught with worry for years and it isn't until, you know, they become young adults and hopefully we can sit back and go, okay, you know, I have created a roadmap for them to live a good and positive life. Oh, with that, that, you know, I, I look at my daughter and, um, uh, she's in her, her, she'll be 48 actually this year, you know, uh, two, two kids, two grown children now. And, uh, uh, remarried and there was four more children and works full time and opened a yoga studio uh, the past year. And I said to her, wow, you know, I was like so proud of her. I said, you know, you managed to juggle everything. I you, you have a full time job and now you've opened this incredible yoga studio in La Quinata. 
And I said to her, you know, um, I, I, I'm just so proud of you. And she looked at me and she said to me, well, I, I had motivation in my younger years seeing that you were able to juggle everything. And so even though in my mind, I would always like say, oh, did I do enough? Did I you know, do this? But I actually inspired her to do the best that she can. And that in itself was like a huge, I mean, I, I looked at her and I, I I had tears in my eyes because then I know, okay, I, I did good. <laughs> I did good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, being a mother, the job never ends. You know, I still call my mom. She's 85 years old one every day. And I ask her advice constantly. And, um, you know, I think that overall I've seen just the trajectory of life and, and children and career and how these decades, you know, when you're in the decade, you know, 20 to 30, 30 mm -hmm. to 40, 40 to 50, you never think that period is going to come to an end, you know, between 40 and 50, having three kids, you know, and producing at times when I had three kids under five, uh, I never thought that would end. I thought that was going to be the treadmill that I would be on forever. So I think as, you know, women, working women, we have to try as much as we can to get out of that moment of extreme, you know, chaos, extreme time management, extreme making, doing this, that, and understand that that period will stop. And mm -hmm. there will be another time in your life where something will drastically change. So again, it's like, you know, for young parents, young women, young mothers, they don't realize that they're never going to be out of that period and to appreciate it and listen everyone says that to parents appreciate this time you'll never get it back you don't believe that you don't believe any of that you go oh my god I'm gonna be changing diapers forever oh my god I'm gonna be up doing homework forever when will this when will this end and when it does end you really struggle almost yeah. harder to find your value because when you hear mommy 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 18 hours a day, you just want it to stop. But then when you don't hear it, you're like, hey, wait a second, who am I? Like, what value do I even bring to the world? I'm not even needed. So, you know, meeting you, you know, I do find what your work is, is really a unique capacity because you do involve like the therapy aspect of things. You do involve the spiritual aspect of things. You do involve all of these types of, different disciplines that people are able to kind of move through these phases in their life with the help of a spiritual guidance. And, you know, therapy is obviously needed and, you know, dialectal behavioral therapy. I've been in this, in that for so long. So, but this has changed. This is a different thing that helps us move from place to place. And I think that can be really helpful for people that are feeling stuck, you know, because we tend to feel stuck in certain situations. And the thing is, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, we need to see it as a different light and say, all right, well, I may be stuck now, but that doesn't mean I'll be stuck forever. Right. And that's hard to see when you're in the eye of the storm, you know, and it's like, I think energy 
you know, I think we, when we have these, these, these stuck moments, it's like, we're hitting a wall to kind of get that energy to move from one side of the wall to the other. Sometimes you can't see that as an individual, like I can't see it and I can only see what's right in front of me. And that's in all types of relationships, whether it's work or whether it's a marriage or whether it's children or whether, you know, whatever that you are currently facing, it's almost impossible to see what's over the hump. And I think that in, in your capacity as both a healer and a life coach, you're able to kind of pull us through that wall that is literally there. Like the wall is there and we can't move through it ourselves. We need a, some sort of guidance to get us on the other side. And that isn't just going to church. It isn't just seeing a therapist. It isn't just talking to your friend or your mom. You need a guide to really pull you through. And that's, those are the things that have helped me with you specifically because I feel differently. You know, I don't necessarily feel incredibly differently when I speak to a therapist. I feel like I got it off my chest, but I don't feel that that block has been at all removed. I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why when, you know, when everybody comes to see me, we sit and chat for a while which is important because I need to find out what's going on, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, so I can help you, you know, and, and, you know, a lot of, uh, for myself, I have like, you know, 75 years of wisdom, you know, behind me. So, um, you know, I can see uh, a little differently and, and yeah, like sometimes you, you may feel, oh, gee, this is horrible. What am I going to do? But then there are ways to, you know, help you out and, and figure it out. You know, and no, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's just a little darkness, but there is that light at the end of the tunnel. And no, you know, uh, with, you know, you taking responsibility in your own action that you can get, you know, through through the darkness into a, uh, the light. So, and, and that's what basically, you know, all that I do is, you know, have, have somebody see from a different perspective mm -hmm. because I've been you know, through so much myself, but also hearing my thousands of clients that I've helped over these 35 years, you know, you, you learn. And, you know, I have like a little bit of a, you know, memory bank in my head. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, well, someone had this and I remember saying this and, and it actually helped them. And that's how I, you know, uh, when someone comes to see me, I, I feel it's important to to talk, get it off your chest, but then to clear the energy associated with it and to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really a catalyst for change and it's a catalyst for growth and it's a catalyst to really find yourself in many situations. It's not just managing the situation that you're in. It's finding who you are in that place. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've helped me tremendously. And, and just I always tell I, I feel like you're so under exploited, you know, <laughs> that the world needs <laughs> to, to know more people in the world need Barbara. Um, oh, you. <laughs> you are just an incredible life force and so nurturing and so caring and such a wonderful, you know, maternal figure that just even being around you makes it's like a warm, cozy blanket, you know, you just want to cuddle up in it. So everyone needs that. Even moms need that now and again, you know, um, but I, I really do come back to the idea of like, you know, there's, there's all this joy and there's all this jubilation and there's all this happiness associated with 
the times when our children are young, you know, the birthday parties, the balloons, the cakes, the, the baseball and the pictures. And, you know, there's so much jubilation and happiness associated with that period. And it's like, you know, I wish there was more literature and conversations surrounding the emptiness period for, for mothers specifically, because I don't feel that dads have the same feeling towards it at all. But I think mothers do feel such a tremendous amount of loss. And this is not something that, you know, is only for me. I've talked to all my friends about it. They, they are struggling like to find their own identity and you know, a job isn't that identity, like, oh, I'm going to go back to work and teach, or oh, I'm going to go back to work and be a consultant. It's like, that is not it. You know, you're taking something that was your heart and soul and your whole raison d'etre for living and breathing and getting you out of bed every single morning, and you just rip it away and they're yeah. you know the kids are doing what they're supposed to be doing that's yeah. we want that that's what we strive for but it no one prepares you for the tremendous hole that it leaves in your heart and soul and really repairing that takes a lot of work it really does it does and you know it's it's funny that you say that because um for the past 18 years I've picked up my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I always took a, a Tuesday off. So Tuesday was grandma day mm -hmm. and always picked them up, took them Chuck E. Cheese here, there, everywhere. And then all of a sudden now, you know, you know, one is 20, the other one's 18 and I got two in the army and service and, you know, everyone's gone their own way now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know exactly what you also, there was a void in my <laughs> life. Yeah, I said, yeah. oh my, now Tuesday what am I going to do? It was always running to take them out. And now it, it, it stopped. Yeah. It stopped. And I, you know, and, and yes, it is challenging. Uh, but I, I still go there once a week. I do see them. I, well, of course we don't travel everywhere. It may only be for a few minutes because of school and everything else, but yeah, it did leave a void, but then it gave me an extra day to begin writing a book. Yeah. So I filled it with something else that, uh, you know, that served purpose, you know, uh, for me, but and if I, I didn't have thing, anything else, yeah. it'd be hard. And also, you know, filling the time is not necessarily gratifying because, you know, there's a tremendous amount of guilt associated with filling that time with things that mm -hmm. aren't necessarily valuable. So, you know, we can all find a knitting class or, you know, something, whatever, go to the gym more, work out more. But that's not necessarily filling the same kind of feelings that you're getting from, you're not getting those, those needed feelings. So it's really finding a space for yourself where you can still feel needed and wanted and valued. And, you know, I've really tried hard to connect with my children at a different level and meet them at their level. I don't need to be their friend. We don't need to like go like party together or anything like that. But, you know, my daughter went to New York. She didn't like it. She came back. She called me immediately. You know, I think she learned a lot about the fact that she overlooked the bond that we had. She didn't think it was as, as important as it is. And, you know, did I want her to stay in New York? Of course. Do I want her to be a, a big, you know, success in Manhattan? Of course. But I started feeling very selfish. Like, what if she meets a 
man in New York? What if she gets married? I'll never see her again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we all want to push. We all want like, oh, take on the world. But then when that that moment does occur, you know, we're like, hey, wait a minute. Like, I really didn't mean that. I meant, you know, stay here with me until you're 45 and like never go anywhere. So, you know, women have so many, you know, periods in their life that are that are so deeply emotional and they they are such trials to find yourself in all these places, especially, you know, as a young mother, you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm pregnant and I'm, you know, don't feel good about my body. And, you know, all these kind of these phases of the female life cycle are un you know, we don't talk about them enough. We don't talk about how we as women feel in all of these phases of our lives. So I think it's really important to discuss. Yeah. So I, you know, I have worked in New York since uh, for a very long time. I always am reticent to say how many years, because I, I feel like I'm dating myself, but I started working in New York in 1993 as a um, production coordinator, a production manager, and later a producer. So I really worked in the city at a very young age, doing incredibly high level jobs at Silver Cup, um, building huge sets, you know, living there for weeks and months at a time um, as a young single woman. So I really understood how to navigate the city by the time I was 30 years old or, you know, 27, I would say 26, 27, I had learned a tremendous amount about New York City and not only just the city, but working in a really hard industry at that time in New York and very, very tough, very tough people. You know, I was working with a lot of celebrities and these were hard jobs, you know, very hard jobs with without being a New Yorker. So, you know, by the time my children were born and they would come with me to New York, um, I had been there for 20 years and, you know, I have a kind of a life set up, I have friends, I have an office, I have, you know, places to go, people to see and very fluidly, I can very fluidly move throughout New York. Um, and to be honest, I can very fluidly move throughout the world because I've, I've worked in so many big cities and not only big cities, but, you know, random in the rainforest. So I think when my daughter came there with me, she always felt really safe. And, you know, sometimes she would get a little bit upset with me, like you're a know-it-all, you know, everything. And, you know, I'd say, yeah, I, I actually do. But um, there was a safety net there and there was a comfort and there, you know, she would try to take cabs and she, she kind of felt like she knew how to move through Manhattan. And, um, I wouldn't move to Manhattan at 18. I would be really nervous, especially without having a credit card and a company and, you know, a business behind me in an office. And um, so she wasn't prepared mentally and it's not a bad thing. I don't, you know, there's no, there's no shame whatsoever. It just, there's a different comfort when you're with somebody that's much older than you and understands how to navigate through the world. So uh, she ended up coming back. I went to pick her up and, and we, it really was a pivotal point in our relationship because I feel like 
she did trust me more after that. Um, she lived with her dad for many years after we got divorced. She gravitated towards her father. They're both very similar, very structured. You know, my life is can oftentimes be unstructured um, due to the nature of my business. So I felt like there was a lack of trust there um, with her. And once we got through that process, I feel like, you know, she trusted me a lot because when she said, come, I was on the, there wasn't a discussion. I was on the plane at five o'clock in the morning and I was ready to go and I got all the bags and, you know, so not only did I move her in, but I got her out and it was, it wasn't even something I would question. You're not happy. Why would you torture yourself and do something that makes you unhappy? And, uh, my children have a really, a strong sense of money, you know, they, they are very, um, cognizant about what things cost and they understand the value of money. So, you know, I think she felt guilty. And I said, listen, no one wants to waste money. Okay. We're not in the world to waste, but what we're here to do is find a place where you can thrive and you can feel safe and you can be creative and you can follow your dreams. If you're too nervous to follow your dreams, then this isn't the right place for you. And there, there is no recrimination. You know, we all have a path and we need to have the ability to follow it. And, you know, thankfully, uh, I, I, my ex-husband and I have worked hard enough to where we can weather those storms. Um, they're not even storms, but, you know, we can sustain it. Um, and I feel like that really notched up our relationship tremendously and we've gotten closer over it. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. We're, I'm finding new ways to connect. Um, I'm finding new ways to connect with my son and new ways to connect with my daughter. And this is now my purpose. And I've realized you know, cause I, I felt like I lost my purpose. I had no purpose. What's my purpose to, to wake up in the morning, take the dogs for a walk and go have Starbucks and do some conference calls. That's not a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And if we don't have purpose, we are really lost and really directionless. And, you know, I was married for many, many years. My ex-husband and I always had a common goal, always building, 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 building the family, building the business, building our kids up, finding them the next place to go. So I really doubled down on that concept of my purpose for them, but now it's a different purpose. It's like, now how can I jump in with all the resources that I have mentally and all the resources I have in the world? And I don't want to do their work for them. I don't spoil no, them. I don't give them like a lot of money to live on. I want them to understand how to make a living. I want them to be financially self-supporting. This is not about giving. This is about teaching. And how can I be an instrumental positive force for my family so that they now can go through one of those next decades? You know, they can get from 20 to 30 and have strong, healthy emotional relationships with the opposite sex. They can have healthy relationships at work with their coworkers, partners, and bosses. And these are things that don't, I was never taught this. You know, I was never taught how to deal with people at work. It took me a long time to get there. 
And um, I just had a call with my son today with his business partners and his manager. And I think, you know, when we hung up the phone, he called me immediately and he said, Hey, that was a really good call. I, re I really liked all the things you were saying. And, and I said, Julian, you've been hearing me do these calls for 20 years. You, you know, I've got this. And he's like, I know, but never for me. So um, I said, you know, I've negotiated deals for huge directors and I'm going to give the same focus to yours, not for any reason, but because I want to use what I have for you to, to put you in a better place in life. And I think that's really, you know, when it comes to parenting, all that stuff that we do when they're little, it's tremendously valuable, but we're looking at it in a vacuum. And now it's nice to be able to step back and look at it a little bit more objectively and say, how can I plug in? How can I tune in? How can I emotionally connect with these young adults and guide them in a significant way? Because at the end of the day, you know, your legacy is only as good as your family. You know, if you walk off this planet and you've created a legacy of, strong, emotionally healthy, loving people that are going to give back to the planet, you, mm -hmm. your job is done. You can't, you can't do anything more than that. No. Um, and that's, that's really what I've, I'm striving for now. And the next, you know, 30 years of my life is to create a legacy of human beings that are very, very happy, adjusted, secure, and have the ability to give back at their time. At their time. Yeah. Well, that's, it, it, that's it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that believe me because not everyone is like you um that you know i i i see uh you know women that have been married and the husbands um forbid them to work mm -hmm. and it it's it's so disheartening to see that because they don't know you know now the kids are older and you know, and now the husband say, oh, well, go get a job. Well, how can you go just get a job if you don't know what it is that you want to do? Because you haven't worked all these years yeah. and you haven't found anything that you love to do. And, and a lot of them, you know, as the kids age, they get extremely depressed and they have no clue what they want to do. And I feel even though like we both have, have worked uh, mm -hmm. all our lives, mm -hmm. um, we, we actually showed our children, yes, you, you can do this. You know, there's a way to juggle and there's a way to, to get it done, you know, without, yeah, it, it may, you, we may take a little bit away from them, but I feel it, it makes them strong, stronger adults to see that, you know, um, the mom is, you know, the mom or the dad, whoever is home, you know, is doing something with their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, there's always been for me kind of a struggle with being with being a working mother, I've always had a love-hate relationship with it. I've loved feeling accomplished and I love what I do tremendously, but I would hate the fact that I had to miss things and it would hurt me so deeply. And I would be on a plane and my plane would get delayed and I couldn't come to the play. And then I, you know, my daughter's crying and, and they don't forget those kind of things. Like they truthfully never forget them. You know, I just heard from one of my children two weeks ago, you missed my solo and, and you wanted me to be in choir. And then I was the soloist and you weren't even there. So those things cut, you know, they cut you pretty deeply and 
you know, I kind of had the double whammy of being in a, not only a working person, but working outside of the U.S. a good majority of the time. So I couldn't, you know, I was in a dentist that can go out to lunch and run to the school, drop off lunch. Um, I'm not even reachable. Uh, so that was a huge stress for me. And I really took it as a personal failure. You know, this is my failure that I have chosen this position and I now have children and I can't leave my job because my family needs me to support them. And, you know, if I was a stay at home mom, I'd be so much better and everything would be miraculously perfect. And it's, I'm the failure. So, you know, I feel now at this time, I'm in the middle of rebooting my career. I took a little time off this year. And the last four or five years, I did want to be home more for my family. So I scaled back my, my travel and I scaled back my clients tremendously. And, you know, now I can reboot it because my children are much older and, uh, you know, it's almost like the shoe has shifted from being, you know, ashamed and embarrassed and sad and feeling, you know, not okay for doing all this stuff to feeling incredibly accomplished and really looking towards the next I thought for sure I wouldn't even be working now you know I figured I would never work after a certain age well now I'm like I feel vibrant I feel passionate I feel energy I feel energized and I feel like gosh I have so much more to give what am I going to do I'm going to sit on the tennis court all day no I, I don't want to do that I I want to get out there I want to see my clients again I want to travel to a country I've never been to and I want to lend my expertise you know I do work with some younger directors uh which is cool a lot of the times but if I can give back and I can help other people to you know improve their skill sets um I'm all for it because when we are in this period now, I'm in a different period of my life, you know, you all of a sudden have the time and you all of a sudden feel like looking forward, would it be more fun to be in, you know, on a set today? Or would it be more fun to be at pavilions, like looking at the tomatoes and saying, which one is, you know, better? So um, I think we, you know, women, working women at this time, you know, in our fifties, I'm in my fifties, early, early, early fifties, <laughs> but you know, we, we are in a great place. You know, we're in a vibrant place. We're in a place where we don't have to get home to PTA and stay up and do cutting papers all night. So it's, it's a re it's really re-energized me, reinvigorated me. And, um, I'm excited, you know, I'm excited for the next next chunk of time where I can be a different mother and a different producer, different role model. And that's, you know, that's the mystery of life. That's what keeps us engaged. If there's no mystery, it's, you know, we can't, we can't grow. We're not happy. So one thing I've always been incredibly attracted to is the unknown. And that's why I've chosen my profession because I love stepping out into the unknown. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen on Monday. I could not tell you, you know, I'm supposed to book a job. I don't know the people I'm supposed to go to Bangkok. I have never been there. I don't know what's going to happen, but that it, to me is the beauty and the mystery of life that we don't know what's coming around the corner. And that excites me.
Oh, I know that feeling. You know, I mean, I, I look at some of my friends and, you know, we're in the seventies cause I'm, I'll be 75. And I say, wow, you know, I still have so much more to mm-hmm. do, you know, and to give. And why would I just want to hang out and watch TV or do whatever, you know, uh, but see, but that's, that's how I feel. Some people feel different. They, they rather just do not much. Yeah. Or, no. And listen, and that's everyone, okay. And that's okay. Uh, and I, and to your point, like I always kind of felt bad about myself. Like, oh, I'm out here doing all this work, and I'm here, I'm there, I'm in Atlanta, I'm in Miami, I'm in New York, I'm blah blah blah. Everyone else has like got plans, they've got their schedule, and they've calendared out, you know, the next six months, and they've got a dinner party with Fred and Jan, and I'm not going to be able to make it. What's wrong with me? You know, that was always my take on it. What's wrong with me? Why can't I live that very like normal suburban housewife life? Like, what did I do wrong? And the truth is that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, it's all in the way you look at things and there is no right or wrong choice in that situation. Of course, there's not. There's whatever makes you happy, but there's something that's drawn me to this work year after year after year. And it keeps pulling me back. And I think that the, the, the excitement of the unknown and obviously the creativity, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I feel like I'm a, a pretty creative person and, um, and I love movement and music and, you know, putting everything together. Um, it's always been my passion. And even as a young child, I loved music and I loved, you know, plays and, and going to the theater so that really informed my my life in a producer because I, I loved musical theater. It was, it, I loved it as a child and it really informed the way I looked at a lot of productions. And I think it gave me a different eye um, as to how I look at music videos and dance. I've, I've done tremendous amount of dance work um, with in, in, like, Academy Award choreographies, choreographers, and um, dance has been a huge part of my career. And it's so expressive and beautiful and it's so emotional. So all of these things feed feed you. All of these things give you a, a reason to move forward. And, you know, as it relates to being a mother, my son specifically, he's a musical artist, you know, he's like a voracious consumer of music and film by the time he was 10 he had consumed so much music and so much film and so many movies um that it was clear to me that he was gonna go on that type of path Mm -hmm. because his appetite for consumption is Mm -hmm. is unfathomable and he plays every instrument he plays piano plays guitar he plays bass he sings he produces he writes the music is really very thoughtful and the lyrics are so um i don't you know deep for lack of a better word but really emotionally and and very old they're mm. they're not from a young they're not from a 20 or 21 year old person you know so they're they're from a 35 to 40 year old person that has lived and felt and felt deeply so um i think you know, energy moves in a space, in a home, and there's good energy and there's bad energy. And, you know, coming from a divorced family, of course, there's there's heartbreak here and there's sadness and, and there is all that. 
But there's also a tremendous amount of creative energy happening in this family. And, um, you know, I, I really wish and hope that we can kind of move this legacy into a place that the kids can be living in that space in the same place that my ex-husband and I are living, where they are making their living from, you know, their creative nature. Do you feel, um, uh, well, let me ask you, were your parents very creative? Um, I would say in different ways. So, you know, my dad was an executive. He was a very high level executive and worked at IBM and he was instrumental in a lot of the computer production in the eighties. So he was creative in a sense where he was, you know, an onophile, he was a gourmet chef. He loved to wear, you know, very like classy, beautiful clothing. He has a high, high level of taste. He traveled everywhere in the world. You know, he was, there's always a black car in our driveway every other week to take him to Tokyo or Hong Kong or G Germany. We grew up in Europe. So from a standpoint of his work, I would say, you know, that's not necessarily a creative field, but mm -hmm. just the lifestyle that he was associated with, you know, really informed my taste as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and then my mom is a teacher and, you know, she's creative when it comes to like painting and, and drawing and arts and crafts. And, and, and she's in very, just two masters. So she's very well read and, and traveled extensively. She's been to 80 countries, you know? So I think my parents are more bon vivants than they are necessarily creative in their field, but that, you know, absolutely informed my ability to step off of a plane and enter into, you know, a Michelin star restaurant and be able to read the menu. So, you know, that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I really feel our parents do help us, you know, in, in many ways. Um, and, you know, uh, I think like my grandma was a healer, so that was always with me. And my other grandma used to give of herself unconditionally and take us, you know, to feed the homeless and do things such as that. So, you know, that gave me that sense of, you know, uh, um, to help others, the sense of service, I want to say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I really feel our, our parents have what to do to, you know, to an extent with who we are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I come, my, my grandparents are first generation here in the United States. Um, so they were working people and they're very like a blue collar background and lived outside of Boston and, you know, have a very like Puritan work ethic on both sides. And, uh, you know, they came from pretty, not meager, but you know, not, not wealthy people, very right. hardworking people. Right. And, uh, that was always instilled in myself and my siblings from my parents. My parents are incredible hard workers. I mean, you can't find anybody that works harder than the two of them. You know, my dad's passed away, but they had a, in it, you know, from, doing chores around the house to having jobs. My mother always worked. My mother worked every single day of her life until she was 65 years old. And then she did, you know, uh, volunteer teaching and she still works at the senior center and she's 85 mm -hmm. taking care of the seniors. 
So, which is a pun because she's taking care of the seniors, but she's 85. So they work circles around me still to this day. Um, and, and obviously, you know, I've taken that work ethic into my own life and given it to my children as well. Um, but it was never a question, you know, it wasn't like my parents said, Hey, get a job. I had a job at 14 years old. You know, they didn't ask me to do that. It just, yeah, you just wanted yeah. to, yeah. I think it's, it has to be in us to do it. Yeah. You know, honestly. Now, I, I know you, you know, you, you were divorced. Now, did that, did that uh, hinder in any way the kids when, when you both got divorced? Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I think divorce for so many people is under, um, I, I think that we don't give it enough attention in the world. Like, you see somebody at the market, oh, you're divorced. Oh, that's too bad. And then you walk away and you say, oh, that's a bummer. They were a nice couple, but you don't really understand how crippling and how like really it's a death. It's a death in so many ways to your family. Um, it's, it's the family unit that breaks apart more than, you know, the parents. And it's that, you know, that, that just that solid feeling of comfort and, and for, you know, everybody, for the husband, for the wife, for the kids, you know, it's, it's a chaos. It's a bomb that gets dropped in your life. And, you know, I've worked, I think I've worked hard to try to move forward, but it wasn't always easy. You know, it was a, it was a very acrimonious divorce. My ex-husband and I are, you know, on friendly terms, you know, we, we talk and, and, and his heart is absolutely in the right place when it comes to the family. You know, he, he, he's a great father and great provider and always has been. Um, but I think it's really hard. It's hard for everybody. And especially, you know, now that we are on friendlier terms, I think it's hard for the kids to see that because it brings up so many, you know, memories of like, why can't this just be, Mm -hmm. the way it was and I think almost sometimes it's more hurtful for them to see us getting along than it is for them to see us not getting along because they can see what could be and what was and that's it's really painful um yeah so I think that anybody that's ever truly been in love and had a family you know is never going to get over their divorce there's no there's never going to be a time that the person's going to say I'm over this because you won't get over it you may move on and you may find someone else and you may have a different life, but you're never going to get over that feeling. I don't think so. Yeah. Unless it was an abusive, you know, yeah, of course. I mean, of course, I, I mean, there's, listen, there's abusive relationships. Those things are all outside of, you know, the scope of, of what I'm talking about. But, um, and even then I do feel that, you know, people, like I said, they can move on and they can find new situations, yeah. but it's not something that you can just say, I'm over. I don't think anybody truly gets over someone that they're married to if they're really, you know, having a strong family bond. But your kids are, they're all fine. I mean. Oh yeah. I mean, my kids are, my, my kids are great. And, and um, you know, they, they have found ways that, you know, my son and his dad, get along very well. Um, my middle daughter and her dad get along tremendously well. Um, my youngest daughter, you know, they have a relationship that she values very highly. 
and they would never want to pick a person and, you know, exclude the other person. They care a lot about both of us and they even feel bad when they spend more time with one person than the other. So they have adjusted and they're continuing to adjust. Um, but, you know, I, like I said, I just don't feel like people, you know, understand the severity or maybe they do it, but it is like, it's a severe, you know, bifurcation of so many, so much energy and getting back to your work. It's like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like energy flows and that's how you propel things forward, whether it's in a business sense, you have partners or if it's friends, you're all doing stuff together, you know, that energy of being in a room and making plans and goal setting and moving the ball forward as a team uh, has a lot of strength behind it. You know, there's strength in numbers. So when you're apart, you know, you're taking that strength and you're really dividing it into two separate pieces. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't build a new team and move that forward, but for a good period of time, you know, you're reducing your strength as it pertains to your going out in the world. Yeah, until you figure it out again and, and, yeah. and move forward and find new ways. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like anything else. Uh, so, but... um. So, wow. Yeah. So what are you going to be doing for the next few weeks? I'm probably so busy. You said you're going to Bangkok? Yeah. In the middle of next week. Um, oh, so wow. yeah, just kind of prepping for that. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm doing kind of a rebranding of my business this year. Um, and that's always like a time of incubation where I kind of hunker down and come up with, like, I look back on what I've done and I look forward and to what what I want to do. And, you know, good many of my peers have, you know, moved on to feature films. And I've never wanted to do that because I just don't want to be away from my family for that length of time. So I've stayed in commercials um, in short form entertainment. So a lot of the times it's like a high school graduating class. It's like you got the class of 2024 and, Mm -hmm. you know, they, those guys or girls move on, they get a Netflix series or they get, you know, a big film franchise. And then I got to go back to, you know, kind of seeing who the next crop of people are that are coming up that are doing commercials. So some, you know, some years I'm with clients for four five, six, seven years. And then, I have to, you know, retool as they move on to different things and find new clients. So I'm kind of in that space right now, but it's always nice to find somebody that you can get good traction with. And I've generally stayed with directors, you know, a long time, you know, sometimes it's four years, sometimes it's five years, sometimes 10. So always generally gravitate towards a partner that we're like-minded and we like travel together and get along and whatnot. So I'm sure that'll come along this year. Oh, believe me, I know it will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prediction. Yeah. <laughs> You'll do just great. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, I this is a complete different side of you, you know, that, that I've seen. And I know it was so important just to tell, get the word out that, you know what, it, it's okay to work and find your purpose and passion, you know, and be a mom. Yeah. It, yeah, it really is. And, and love what you do. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so grateful when you asked me to do this um, because it's something I've been thinking about for the better part of a year. And I was like, I wish I could reach other women 
and really, you know, tell my story because I think that there's so many women that find themselves in this journey. And like I said, from 30 to 45, you know, we're we're in we're just jumped out of a helicopter in Vietnam. You know, we're just trying mm-hmm. to like avoid the bombs that are coming at us every minute. We're not taking the time to forget self-care. We're not taking the time to even step back and reflect and go, oh my gosh, you know, at one point these kids aren't gonna be here. So it came at me like just a pile of bricks. And, you know, I just felt like I wanted to do a podcast to talk about it. And it's so like kismet that you invited me um, because I, I would love to hear feedback from other people. You know, I'd love, I would love to hear how they're doing with this. Yeah. And it's important because I mean, and I understand truly now about self-care more than I've done in my thirties and forties. So yeah. I think as we get older, we understand that we have to take care of ourselves first in order to be able to take care of everybody else. Absolutely. Which, yeah. Which is a tough one for us, but we learn. It is. We yeah. learn and we move forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Heather, where can uh, people get a hold of you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can get a hold of me. I, you know, heatherhellerproducer.com is my website. Um, so I am a freelance line producer, executive producer for hire. I also have a production service company that I run projects for freelance directors, and that's called sinnersandsaints.la. So those are my two websites. And um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I think 2023 is going to be a great year because my birthday is on the 23rd. And Michael Jordan's number is the 23. So this is like (laughs) my magical year because I love basketball. Um, but yeah, heatherhellerproducer.com is where you can find me and most of my work. And um, I love, you know, I loved being on this podcast with you, Barbara. And I, I think you're you're the untapped, you're the untapped, you know, person that needs, the world needs to know more about you. That's for sure. Well, yeah, I guess in its, in its spiritual timing. <laughs> yeah. It may not be this go around. It may be next go around. So we'll oh, see. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Heather. You know, I, yeah. I appreciate so much that you said yes. So, you know, yes, um, I love I'm it. so grateful that you did. And, um, you know, thank you to my listeners. And I hope uh, you heard what you needed to hear today. Um, so, you know, also visit me at motivateyourlife.net. And uh, please subscribe to this YouTube channel, Barbara, uh, the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. We're also on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Amazon and a whole bunch of other places. And um, for those of you may be interested in learning about energy healing, check out my book on Amazon, Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Energy Healing. And uh, I hope you all have a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara.